All right. Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome to Fate's Wide Wheel. Hey, I'm Dennis. I am Sam. We're back after a two-week break. Yeah. How are you doing, Sam? I'm good, man. I'm good. You know, it was nice yeah. to have a little uh, a little bit of a break. I felt like, uh, you know, we needed it for a variety of reasons. There wasn't necessarily a ton to talk about. We wanted to do Starcrossed. We're going to do Starcrossed tonight, so sure. it's all good. Um, yeah. And it was kind of, you know, the, the timing was a bit serendipitous because it gave us the opportunity to uh, re-up the 30th anniversary episode that yep. we had done uh, a couple of years ago, a few years ago. And um, because, of course the 33rd anniversary was just uh, yesterday as everyone was was reporting. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So jump into housekeeping. Uh, You found us. So, you know, somewhere where you found us online, but we are fateswidewheel.com all across the social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Fates Wide Wheel. Haven't started a TikTok yet, but thinking about it. Uh, the, the, the few TikToks I have done on my personal account about Quantum Leap. Uh, I get very enthusiastic people, but not very many uh, views. And it's all, it's all, it's all algorithm stuff. TikTok is weird. I'm not going to drag you into it because every time I drag Betsy into it, her, her head just spins. But anyway. I'll take uh, enthusiasm, man. I, I, give me okay, enthusiasm yeah. over, you know, it doesn't yeah. have to be a thousand people. Just give me 50 really enthusiastic people. Fantastic. Uh, you know, and that's a great point. And this kind of leads into, uh, we're going to talk about uh, news and notes, what we know about the pilot, uh, news updates that have come out in the last uh, in the last few days since we last recorded. Uh, I know we wanted to talk about fandom in general, and I think like yes. even talking about TikTok just kind of segues into that because you brought up a, a very good point, which I'll let you make uh, here when we get in there. And then we're going to get into Starcrossed, and we're going to attempt to keep it all uh, 40, 45-ish, 45-ish minutes. We'll see. We'll do our best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it, you know the, the it's been um, it's been kind of a weird thing because there hasn't been a ton of news, but there's been a ton of content um, because there have been you know multiple posts by Martin Garrow and Brian Winbrandt and Steve Lillian and Jewel State, uh, and, you know, and, and Mason Alexander Park. They've all been uh, upping you know just a lot of great uh, Instagram posts. Um, you know, some some just pictures from the production. Uh, we have a couple of people in Vancouver who have been, you know, on around near the set, taking pictures and video and uploading mm-hmm. that. So we've seen a lot of really great stuff. There's been a couple of news articles that have come out, uh, to detail some of the filming, the location filming that's been taking place just these past few days, especially centered over the earthquake, which we might as well. Speaking of, we, we, we hinted <laughs> yeah. at it. We've hinted at it a lot. We've, we've can, 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 can I just interrupt and say, when we first discussed the pilot, what we knew about the pilot, I actually dropped that it was the earthquake in 1989, yeah. and we decided to edit it out because yeah. we weren't sure whether it was cool to say it. So yeah, now we can say it. Right? Yeah, because that's the thing we've been we've really been treading this you know this line of we don't want to just you know spoil things willy nilly. We want there to be you know whatever surprises the the creators or production mm-hmm. team want there to be. We want to maintain the integrity of that as best we can. Um, but we yeah we definitely had hinted at it a couple of times you know on the yeah. podcast on Twitter on Reddit etc. Um, and and now yeah we can confirm it beyond. 
beyond a shadow of a doubt that the setting, of course, is 1989, San Francisco, um, the Loma Perita uh, earthquake, uh, which took place mm-hmm. October 17th, 1989 at 5.04 p.m. during the national broadcast of the Giants-Oakland um, Athletics World Series Game 3. Oakland would actually go on to sweep the series in four games. Um, the series took a break. It did not actually start back up again until October 27th. Um, so there was, uh, you know, about a 10-day uh, break there after the earthquake occurred. Uh, 63 deaths, over 3,000 injuries, lots of property uh-huh. damage. Um, it, it's really fascinating reading about the, you know, the history of the earthquake, um, not just the earthquake itself, but a lot of what happened after the earthquake, uh, because uh-huh. it's one of those situations where much like on a, on a, a smaller scale in some ways, but much like what happened with Katrina, the aspect of everyone that could possibly have been in the know that something like this would eventually occur, knew that it would eventually occur, but they didn't actually prepare for it the way that it should have been prepared for because enough mm-hmm. people with the money and the, the decision-making power were uh, saying, no, we'll get to it later. It's no big deal. It's no big deal. Meanwhile, you've got, you know, those, those vocal few who are like, no, you don't understand. We need to be prepared mm-hmm. for this. It's going to happen. And that was sure. something very similar w- with what happened in San Francisco. And so after the fact, you know, a lot of these same people then had to, you know, go to, to local governments and, and federal governments and say, this is what we need. And and bite their tongue and not say we've been telling you that for years, but sure. now we're just but, going to sit here and say this is what we need. Yeah. Um, so, the, in particular, one of the things that that made the earthquake so dangerous uh, was the um, reliance on natural gas that San Francisco mm-hmm. has. And w- one of the fascinating things that happened after this that I read uh, is that they insulated so much of the metal tubing that uh, that that the ga- metal piping that the gas would run through with plastic, so that in the event of something like this, there would be less case mm-hmm. of you know a, a rupture of a metal line, sparks explosions, et cetera, which is something that obviously occurred uh, in 1989. Anyway, all that aside, we've gotten some really, really cool video and pictures, haven't we, Dennis? Yes, we have on Twitter. Thank you. Uh, what was your name? I just had you up here a minute ago. Then uh, New Canuck. West Boy, Captain Canuck, sixty-six. Yeah. Uh, New West Boy. Uh, he shot some pictures. He does, he's not affiliated with the show at all. He's just shooting. He's just shooting some pictures nearby. Um, and I think he, you know, he got some uh, some photos of uh, uh, Helen Shaver on the set and the cast and crew in between takes. Um, and I think he may have recorded also like them filming something like uh, Raymond Lee running down the street and some like small explosion yeah. going off. I was curious because like I know, you know, it, it's a it's a pilot, it's TV on a budget. Like how much mayhem were they going to be able to show? Because like reading the pilot script, I'm like like I'm picturing like. Hollywood movie, yeah. you know, production quality in my head, there's but that always lie. gets. <laughs> there's a what? line in the in the uh, in the descriptions in the pilot script that I just love because as it it, it leads up and it builds this tension really well in like this narrative style. It's nothing you're ever going to see on screen. It's not dialogue, but it ends with "It's a fucking earthquake," and I just <laughs> yeah, that that's the way that they wrote it in the script. <laughs> yes, uh, so yeah, I'm excited about it. Um, and just as a little bit of a side, I just saw on Matt's site, quantumleapinfo.net, it looks like the budget for this pilot is about $5 million. So okay. that's pretty. That's pretty good. That's pretty sizable. Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, I, I, was, I was looking up by comparison. Um, by comparison, the pilot for Lost was $14 million. Right. But about $4 million of that was just for the plane. Yeah. The rest was $10 million, and it was a two-hour premiere. Quantum Leap is a one-hour premiere. So five million, it, it tracks. Yeah, pretty well. I mean, 
that was like 20 years ago, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, 20, 20, yeah. No, I, I think 5 million yeah. is fine. And I think that the, you know, especially when you've got people that have this know-how of, you know, making other shows, one of the things that would be interesting to, to find out, and, you know, I don't know if you've done this homework, I certainly didn't, uh, would be to see like what the budget was for like the La Brea pilot or the Blind Spot pilot, just knowing that those mm-hmm. are shows that this creative team has worked on before and how sure. much money maybe they had to work with on those shows. Um, but when you've got like a director like Helen Shaver, who has, you know, this, just so much experience. I, 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 I think that whatever they give her, she's going to be able to make something great out of it. And clearly the production team has done some really cool stuff as we've seen from, uh, some of the photos. Um, We've seen stuff from night shoots. We've seen stuff from uh, what looked like a contemporary setting inside of a house mm-hmm. uh, or sure. an apartment. We've seen stuff that was clearly 1989 interiors with you know broken uh, uh, plates and dishes and stuff like that on the ground from the earthquake. Um, we've seen um, some underground stuff. You know, clearly characters standing underground. I believe we might've been seeing the back of, of Addison, uh, mm-hmm. at one point in one of those shots, um, back to the earthquake thing and, and some of the content that we've been seeing recently. One thing that was really interesting is that we knew that jewel state was going to be in the pilot and there had been a lot of d- dialogue, you know, kind of internally and with Matt Dale, um, who of course runs the, uh, the website that we just mentioned wrote beyond the mirror image and is also on the quantum leap podcast. Uh, the three of us have kind of been, talking this whole time and we were debating, you know, who would she play? Uh, and we really kind of narrowed it down to either Janice mm-hmm. or Naomi. And I think mm-hmm. based off of what we've seen, we can confirm that she will be playing Naomi. Um, yeah. Just because of, of things that are, you know, that have, we've been able to kind of contextualize based off of the script and, and the images that we've seen. Um, it's great. You know, I, I, Naomi's going to be a guest star. This is not going to be a recurring role. This is going to be kind of a one and done. Um, so it's Maybe. interesting. We don't know. Yeah. I mean, everything, that's the thing that's important. And something that I'll touch back on a little bit later is like everything that I think is out there right now that isn't coming directly from the production team. And maybe if it's some of the stuff they're saying uh, should be taken with a grain of salt, you know, cause so much can sure. change now and then. Um, yeah. But yeah, it does seem like, you know, kind of going by Occam's razor, it does seem like Jewel is playing. Naomi. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm just excited that we've seen all of this cool stuff. And then Steve Lillian probably posted one of the most exciting pictures, which was uh, of someone's workstation. And it looks like uh, maybe perhaps a, a little bit of the, the hand link uh, sure. there at the bottom edge of the, the image, um, whether that's Addison's desk uh, or, or Ben's desk, uh, or I think it might be Ian's desk, actually. I think they... Um, I think you're right. I think it's their workstation. Um, yeah. Because we know, again, that that character is going to have, uh, you know, a, a relationship, if you will, uh, with Ziggy. And, and so maybe mm-hmm. it would make, make sense, perhaps, for that to be there. Uh, but we'll see. Sure. Yeah. It's exciting stuff. Oh, and Deborah Pratt was on the set mm-hmm. the other day. So, uh, yes, she was. Uh, yesterday, shooting. Yeah. I, so, I take it all yeah. back about what I said about the best picture. That picture was just pure joy. It's, pure yeah. fettered it's, joy. It's very sweet. When is Don Belisario going to get there? When is he yeah, going to get there? I'm just saying. If you've listened to the podcast for a while, you know my feelings about Deborah Pratt versus Don Belisario. Anyway. Uh, Which but actually speaking, will um, be interesting to maybe talk a little bit about when we get to our, our episode review later on, because I have some, abs- some, some thoughts, some just pure some, conjecture, but yeah. Some thoughts on that for sure. But before we get to the, uh, to the episode, we want to talk a little bit about 
the fandom. And I know you you had a couple of thoughts and I wanted to build on that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, one of the things um, that I think has happened over the past week or so um, that, that I, I've hesitated to comment too much on, have commented on a few things here or there, um, for better or for worse. Uh, and I, I think that there's there seem to be different sectors right now uh, of this burgeoning fandom. And I say burgeoning because even though the show's 33 years old, what's happening right now is an opportunity to create something new that didn't exist even 33 years ago, just because of the way the world's changed and the way that we're connected. And I think that when Scott's publicist, Jay Schwartz, commented on a Facebook post or just kind of a random Facebook post that Scott would not be doing Quantum Leap, it it caused a sector of the fan base to immediately a accept that as gospel and b then just turn off from this and 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 kind of rage against the fact that scott was not going to be involved and there are two things worth mentioning there one publicists producers directors actors agents lie they have been known to lie numerous times especially in recent past about actors' involvement in projects in order to keep it mm-hmm. secret. Uh, we saw it happen, you know, we saw it happen just recently with Spider-Man uh, No Way Home. You know, the, there were so many people that told us that Charlie Cox and Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire were absolutely positively not involved in this project to the point that, like, the directors and producers actually edited the footage for the trailer to edit out images of those characters in the trailer. Sure. Like, sure. You know, so, so the thing is, is it's like, do not accept that as gospel. And anyone out there, fellow podcasters, YouTubers, whoever, people that I've seen doing this, running their shows, which are just trying to drive up their clicks and good for them, that are sitting there saying, he's absolutely not doing it, they have, they do not know. They do not know. As of right now, there are only a few people that know 100% whether or not he's involved. And you know what? We're not one of those people either. Nope. So... Certainly take anything that we're saying about this with a grain of salt. That said, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, I firmly believe that come October or at least come, you know, whenever the first season ends, that we will see Sam Beckett. Not just a photograph, not just a, you know, screen grab, not stock footage that we will see Sam Beckett in this show. I firmly believe that. Yeah. Now, on to kind of the... The, the 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 real thrust of what I wanted to say there there has like I said there's been a lot of interesting conversations that have been taking place over the last week or two and we have such a unique opportunity to redefine what it means to be a fandom especially in a day and age when so many fandoms are fractured and embittered and have these you know these just these different little pieces of the fandom that that are you know aggressively engaged with each other over battles of whether or not a character should be wearing that shirt or or whatever the case may be and we have an opportunity to create a fandom that is free of judgment a fandom that doesn't 
doesn't decide the criteria for being a fan, a fandom that doesn't tell other fans how they stack up against longtime lovers of the show, or that one fan is better than the other because of how much they love it, or how many times they've seen an episode, or memorized trivia, or if they have a podcast. We just have the chance now to simply embrace something we love and share it and encourage as many others as possible to join in. Uh, It's this great chance to embrace the diversity and inclusion uh, of this pilot and spread it out to our own community. All are welcome here. It's hard not to judge when you feel attacked and, and triggered, but I want to become more curious and understanding. Why do we do these things? And we're only going to figure out those answers together and, you know, one leap at a time. So mm-hmm. my hope genuinely is that, that that it doesn't become a case of, you know, people shouting at one another, you're not a real fan or, you know, I'm a better fan or or uh, it's not Quantum Leap if this happens or if this doesn't happen or whatever, because I just think that that's, I mean, it's so just unhealthy in general, you know, and, 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 and it can, I mean, it can have such a negative effect on the people that are involved in these conversations, myself included, you know, I, that's happened. I, I've spent time just in a very dark place luckily for a short amount of time as, as a result of some of these conversations. And I don't want anyone to feel that way ever. Mm. Um, and I think that because of what quantum leap represents to, to so many of us, it can be so many different things. And there's no reason why we can't accept all of that. Even if there are times when we kind of shrug our shoulders and say, eh, it's not for me. And that's yeah. okay. Just maybe don't, punish other people for liking it sure even if you don't yeah i mean i think i have a slightly different take on this like i i love your ideals sam um <laughs> i like we could do our best at our little corner of the fandom to do everything you said like you know create like an inclusive space everybody's a fan no matter like where you're at like fan of the old fan of the new whatever we can create our own thing uh toxic fandom is going to spring up everywhere you know and every fandom that there's going to be we have been in, in a state you know kind of somewhat unique like yeah quantum leap does have a cult following but it hasn't done anything it hasn't been star trek it hasn't been <laughs> right. star wars you know it hasn't been all those things but we've just seen like when star trek uh discovery came on a few years ago just like yeah. you know all of the toxic fans coming out of the woodwork saying that you know this isn't real trek it's new trek whatever they want to call it right. um you know, we can we we can do what we do in our little corner of the universe, but we can create. But it's an exciting time because we get to create a new fandom. Because yeah. the truth is, that like a lot of like older Quantum Leap fans, like they're our age, right? But right, there are right. also but there are also older ones who aren't like really into like you know uh, podcast or YouTube or Twitter or like watching all the like like their fandom is like catching reruns wherever they can and maybe being part right. of a Facebook group, uh, which Facebook you know demographics are skewing older now. Right. But with a new show, there's the possibility of pulling in younger people, and I really think like there's a whole fandom out there yet that don't even realize that they're going to be Quantum Leap fans because like yeah. Quantum Leap is just it's just this old TV show that they haven't really heard of, and they may have vaguely heard that there's a new reboot being shot right now but they're not going to become fans maybe until halfway through the first season right right you know it it, it is interesting to think about because there are people that 
um, have never seen the show before that are maybe, like you said, hearing things that are going out and, and, and watching the show now. Um, there are people that aren't doing that at all, that don't know anything about it and, and won't know anything about it until October, uh, if that is indeed when it premieres. And yeah, um, yeah it, 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 it's yeah. fascinating. There's, there's going to be some episode, like mid-first season, late-first season, <laughs> they're going to they're gonna touch on really some, uh, some 90s, uh, I can't think of the right word right now. Like like some '90s Hallmark, mm-hmm. something in there. It's going to be a big ratings episode, and we have this '90s nostalgia right now. And younger, uh, not not millennials, zennials, Generation Z. Is that what they're calling them? I don't know. I, I can't keep know. up. Yeah. But like these younger ones, like they're gonna they're gonna discover the show and like the nostalgia that we're having for for Friends and old shows like that. Like Quantum Leap is going to be a part of that. Yeah. Yeah. So we have an opportunity to to build a new fandom. And I welcome all into the fold. I welcome them to watch the old series, go back and listen to our old episodes where we talked about some admittedly very problematic elements of the old oh, episodes. Yeah. And yeah, you know, which I think we're gonna touch on here a little bit in our, okay. our interview of Starcrossed a little bit. So uh so yeah, that's that's my two cents on it. Uh, you know, I, I think that that's great, and I think it is probably a little bit more of a, a realistic and sobering outlook than you know than than I may want to have right now. Um, but yeah, the toxicity exists, and there's nothing that we can do about that. Yeah, um, uh, you know, it, we've certainly seen people that have. Uh, expressed very negative points of view and have have maybe even been a bit aggressive at times, uh, you know, turn that around, um, which I am I am I applaud. I'm a fan of it's like, cool, you know, like, like, go for it, give it a go. Um, But it's it's very difficult once, you know, that has that has been put into the pool to, to fully get it out. And so, mm-hmm. you know, my hope is that, yeah, we can have this fandom that, um, just tries to sidestep as much of that as possible. Yeah. Um, and, and, and engage in, in a dialogue that again, just allows everybody to be a, a part of it. And, um, as many people as possible to be a part of it so that this thing runs for like, you know, seven seasons. I would love that. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, but yeah. before that can happen, they have to have a few episodes. And before, yeah. before, before this quantum leap had a few episodes, the classic series, our beloved classic series had a few series, episodes. Yes. And uh, finally, after weeks and weeks episode. and weeks, <laughs> after weeks and weeks and weeks. All right. So here's one. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time on this because I think we talked about this in our original recording and you can uh, look this up online at Matt's book and everything. This is the second episode aired. I think they were planning for this to be a later episode in the first season. Maybe third episode or later. They were planning on it being the third episode. It was right. it was actually though, it was the second one filmed, I believe. It, it was in initially in the production block, it was supposed to be later. Um the sure. third episode, Double Identity was supposed to be second. Um yeah. but they did flip some stuff around. So even though it was planned on not being uh, the second episode, it was what by the time it was being filmed, it was being filmed as the second episode. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because, because, um, 
early on, and you can tell this in the pilot, you can tell this in like in, in Starcrossed and Double Identity, they were playing this idea that Sam was physically in a similar position wherever he leaped into next. They do it from him leaping from Tom to Tim mm. in the pilot. Uh, he's laying down on his back at the end of the pilot, and that's the position he winds up, he winds up in at the beginning of Double Identity. Uh, he turns around. He turns around excited at the end of Double Identity over the bingo thing, and he turns around excited. He turns around excited at the beginning of Starcrossed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think, like I said, Starcrossed is supposed to be the third, and they were playing with this idea. And even thinking about it today, like I don't even know. Like at what point when they were producing the episodes, did they realize that they were going to have any kind of leap effect? Oh, <laughs> because there was no leap effect in the pilot. Yeah. Except for the very end. Right. But then I wonder, like, when, at what point when they're producing, they realize that. I don't know. I'm just, uh, I'm just thinking that. But anyway, this is Starcrossed, June 15th, 1972. Don Belisario or Deborah Pratt really loved the date, June 15th. Yeah, that's right, because it's also uh, Al's birthday. Uh, if, it's not, if, it's, if it's not stated as Al's birthday, it's the leap that he leaps into in the leap back at the start of season four. Hmm. I can't remember if they were officially established that June 15th was literally Al's birthday. But anyway, uh, June 15th, 1972, Sam leaps into one Dr. Gerald Bryant. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we do, we do, a, do we want to do a quick review of uh, yeah. how your scoring system works? So we, yeah, since we haven't you know, done this for a few weeks. Uh, so our capsule size reviews of the classic series uh, will adhere to the mission to rank the show on a scale of one to 10 uh, or percentage wise based on five different categories, writing, directing, acting, production values, and mythology. Each category is weighted based on its importance. Writing, directing, and acting are each worth 25% of the average production values are 15% and mythology, just 10%. Um, our original Original reviews sought to stimulate discussion, contextualize the episode based on when it was set, when it aired, and when our discussion took place. Uh, Of course, we also provided background information, our personal opinions of each episode, that and a whole lot more, including lots of tangents. Um, We're proud of those reviews, and they will continue to be available for our listeners in the archive. Uh, But meanwhile, we wanted the opportunity to revisit the episodes with only our opinion of the categories above, giving listeners a compact rating of each episode of the classic series in the lead-up to the premiere of the new series in the fall of 2022, we hope. Um, so you'll see, you know, have our opinion, right? Have our opinions changed for the better, for the worse? Uh, will this new rubric yield results that surprise even us? So here we go. One leap at a time in 30 minutes or less. Starcrossed. Should we kick it off with our writing? Uh, sure, let's kick it off with the writing. Do you want to do the TV guide description first? <laughs> oh, the TV guide. Oh, man. Oh, you caught me off guard. Hang on just one second. Hang on. Let me grab the book. Sorry, I'll vamp ah. for a second. Uh, Starcross is a very interesting episode, much like we were talking about earlier um, with uh, Jewel State's appearance in the pilot episode for the new series. Um, you know, we have a guest star who at the time was certainly not someone that was known to us, but who would later go on to uh, pretty big things. Um, and that, of course, is Terry Hatcher in... Lois and Clark, uh, The New Adventures of Superman, and, uh, of course, a little show called Desperate Housewives, uh, with a lot of other projects in between, but those are certainly the, the, the two biggest. Um, and since we're not going to do all of our IMDb, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, I just thought I'd throw that out there real quick while we, you know, vamp until Dennis is ready with the TV guide sure. description. You know what? I was going to do the TV guide description. The TV guide description is pretty boring. It's just, <laughs> as a professor, as a professor, Sammy, it's a young woman who will break, who will break his heart in the future unless he can alter it. 
slight pun, alter, alter, no. Uh, ah. Ah. <laughs> but let's read the IMDb description because it gives a little bit more detail in case you're a little bit rusty on this episode. Sure. At a small Ohio college, Sam Beckett is a literature professor who must discourage the amorous advances of a student and finds the woman who left him at the altar. Sam hopes that resolving her conflicts with her father will prevent her from deserting him. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's dive into the writing here. You, uh, you want to go first? Um, you seem to have some thoughts. Do you have uh, deep thoughts? Sure. So I I do, I do, because here's the most difficult thing about talking about the writing of this episode, to be completely honest, is that it's written by Deborah Pratt. And you know, if you are a longtime listener, you will know that we have a great deal of affection for Deborah Pratt as a writer, uh, and producer. Um, and she is responsible for writing, crafting, helping to guide some of the best episodes of the series, without a doubt. This, in my opinion, is not one of them. And it makes me wonder, as we have wondered often before about the involvement of other people, other cooks in the kitchen, so to speak, uh, when it comes to some of these scripts. Um, let's, you know, let's be completely honest about this. It's 1989. Uh, we have a, a female person of color uh, who is a writer and a co-producer on a television show at a major network, and she's surrounded by white dudes. Uh, and I'm not saying that this happened or didn't happen, but uh, I would not be surprised to learn that the nature of her initial script was maybe changed or nudged in different directions uh, because what we end up with does not really feel very Deborah Pratt. Um, and it could also be the, you know, that maybe it's not any interference that maybe it was just, she was attempting to write for the format that they were going for, which early on was supposed to be a little bit more comedic, um, was, was supposed to, you know, be a a bit of a different show. And this episode certainly at times feels like a very different show from what we would see for the most part later. Although quite honestly, there would be some episodes from time to time that would revisit the kind of broad humor that this episode has in it, which for me personally, it, doesn't work uh, often. I'm not a fan of it. Um, and I think that that ends up being a combination of the writing, directing and acting. Um, so that kind of gives you uh, tips my, my hand a bit when it comes to uh, how I might score the rest of these categories. Um, I, I, I wrestled with what I wanted to give this because I do think that there's some cool ideas and I do think that there are some great moments. Um, and I, you know, I was kind of leaning towards maybe giving it a seven. Um, I I was thinking about, you know, maybe giving it a six, where do I end up with it? And I, I think I, I cheated just a little bit because I let the mythology aspect kind of almost influence what I felt about the writing, because there are some Mm -hmm. really great moments that are, uh, important, I think to the fabric of, of quantum leap as, as we know it. Uh, so I ended up going with a seven. Um, Uh, you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll feel weird about that later. Um, but there were times as I watched the episode, there were times when I, when I sort of tried to disconnect myself from what I was seeing on screen and just sort of hear the words and think, Mm -hmm. are these words independent of how they're being played and what the, you know, the camera might be doing, you know, played a different way. Would they hit me? in a more positive light. And and there were a couple of times when I thought, yes, I thought if the, if the episode was a little bit more grounded at times, I, I thought it would have succeeded a little bit more overall for me. So I think that's why I ended up going with the seven for writing instead of sure. Six. Sure. Um, we have different 
I actually ended up scoring it lower, but lower, but for different reasons. I actually love the broader comedy of this episode. First season was Quantum Leap was definitely trying to find its voice, yeah. but even still, sometimes I feel like I prefer first season Quantum Leap to a lot of what came later. You know, we talked about it in our original reviews that um, early episodes would lean heavily into the genre of whatever they were doing. And the acting style would change from episode to episode uh, played against Seymour had a very noir aspect, um, you know, for, for one other example. So the broad comedy, I did not mind in this episode. Mm. It, it actually fit. I think we need the broad comedy to offset the other thing, which I'll get, which I'll get to in a minute, but the broad comedy everywhere from like how everything is is played over the top from jamie lee and oscar or whatever it's just or it's just the fact i mean i am 42 years old i think oscar looked older than me yeah for sure <laughs> yeah you know and it also plays it because i feel like uh it's gotten better but i feel like especially like in the 70s and 80s like tv and film was really bad about having college students played by people who obviously were right. much much older than college and no wonder i have this i had this skewed vision of of what <laughs> age in adulthood and like what college students should look like yeah so i actually appreciated that and i think you need that broad comedy to offset the fact to me like where it, it's not a weakness in the writing it's something that does not hold up to modern day viewing which i touched on when we did our original review is the entire aspect of what Sam is trying to do. Uh, yes, him and Donna are supposed to be star-crossed lovers. They are supposed to meant to be together. Um, and it's not even how he tries to, like how he keeps advancing on Donna when she says no several times. It's the fact that he crosses a huge boundary to reunite her with her dad yeah you know the it's, it's like it's one of those things like yeah like like a modern day viewing it, it does not it does not hold up see i think and i think i said this the when we recorded our original episode it, it still doesn't bother me quite as much and the reason why is comparing it to say catch a falling star like what he does there is reprehensible what yeah. he does here is completely understandable. And, you know, we're talking about someone who, you know, fell in love with somebody, you know, had been with them for probably close to two years. If, if you know, if, if the, the timing is, is lines up right, sure. which I think it does, that they, you know, they'd been together for a while uh, and, you know, he knew her really well and, and then they're getting married and then she doesn't show up. It's devastating. And now here he finds himself in this confusing situation where, you know, he, he takes this you know, chance getting into to the accelerator and now he's traveling through time, no way to get home. And, and, and he thinks like, I did a couple of really good things that didn't, in, you know, didn't involve me at all. And I, I helped some people out and now here I am. And I see, you know, the, the love of my life before we met. And, and I have this opportunity to perhaps influence, you know, to, to, to make things right for me. And, and, and so I think that what he does while not right is completely understandable. And that's why it holds yes. up. 
I can empathize with his situation. And because of that, it holds up for me. But yeah, there are a couple of red flags. Like when he grabs her arm at the, at the table, I'm just sort of like, Oh, don't do that, Sam. Like, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but that is weird. But also that's a lot of old TV shows too. Oh, well, yes, of course it is. We're, 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 Men would grab one by the arm. Yes, yeah, I get that. Yeah. And it, to me, it, it was it, it, everything that you just said, but it's also like rewatching the episode, like from an adult perspective, like really understanding like how complicated we all are. Like it all worked out in a fairy tale way with Donna and her dad looking at each other. And sure, yes. And, right. and, they, and they both just needed that nudge. Where I feel like if we were to do that story today, the writer would take it the opposite way. And as soon as she found out where they were going, she'd be like, oh, what? Pull this car over right now. What the hell are you doing? Right. Yes. You know? Uh, So for all of those reasons, I made a new rule for myself. I'm not going to give anything a seven out of 10. Seven is safe. (laughs) Seven is not too bad, not too good, whatever. So I can't do a seven. So I did a six out of 10 for the writing. That's fair. That's fair. I, you know, the the one counterpoint that I'll offer to about the broad humor is that I just, I, I feel as though humor is necessary to contrast some of the elements of this episode. The way that that humor is done, especially in the early parts of the episode, to me personally, is just, it's just a turnoff because it doesn't feel grounded in any kind of reality whatsoever. It's just, it's, it's so over the top. It's so, it's community theater. You know what I mean? Like that's like that. Oh, that's harsh. It is. That's harsh. It is, but it's true to the point where there were, to, to the point where, this will take us to to the next category. Uh, let's go to acting uh, to the sure. point where there were times when I thought when we started this project, I would never really need to comment on our series regulars because they're always sublime. There are times in this episode when I'm just like, oh, Scott, what are you doing, man? Oh, but this is, it's a, and here's the thing I was saying, because especially because I talked about it on a previous episode. Uh, if you go to the Facebook page back in time, B.A.K., in time he has posted some episodes of eisenhower and lutz yeah that is scott bakula doing comedy and i agree with what you're saying there i just think scott bakula does that kind of comedy well but he was but he but he was leaning into he was leaning into it the best he could in this episode like he understood the assignment of this episode and what the tone of this episode should be i just don't think Either Scott Bakula is not very good at it, or he doesn't uh, he doesn't enjoy it as much, which is why we see such the tonal shift in season two. Yes. because that was totally Scott Bakula's idea. So one of the things that I thought of during the course of this episode, and this kind of goes to the writing and directing and acting all together, is that I, I for some reason I made a little bit of a parallel between Leap Home. Leap Home has some really heavy stuff in it, and also has some some levity in it. And some of those moments of levity uh, are provided, in particular, with the interactions between Sam and Al. Um, and they're done in in a not too dissimilar way from some of the you know the the type of humor that we get in this episode, but they're mm. done so much better in that episode. It's just it feels more clear. It feels more clean. It feels it feels very much like you know like sometimes it's just a look. You know, it's mm-hmm. just a button on a on a scene as it as opposed to that whole first scene between Sam and Jamie Lee. It's just so big you know and it's one of those reasons why i feel like unfortunately like i kind of knock um uh sacks down a little bit as jamie lee because it just 
so much of it just doesn't feel honest to me. Uh, also, one other thing that kind of plays into the writing of this episode, which which is just I can't wrap my head around. If 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 Gerald and Jamie Lee in the original history got married on June twentieth, nineteen seventy two. That's only five days after this episode, uh, the leap in is, and. Al says that the wedding was a shotgun wedding. Mm-hmm. Jamie would already be pregnant with Gerald's child at the beginning of this episode if it were a shotgun wedding on June 20th. You have a point. Now, it could be <laughs> maybe Jamie went to her dad and said, I'm going to have Jerry's baby, and, you know, and, 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 and wasn't really. But mm-hmm. just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, and it's the same reason why McGrady, like for me, like as, as Oscar, I'm just kind of like, and there are some, they do have some nice moments, so I don't want to knock them completely. Um, I think that, you know, Terry Hatcher is, 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 is fine in some cases really, really good. Um, I think Stockwell is great in this episode, actually. I think oh, yeah. he is so good. Like he just nails Al and, 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 and the wonderful thing is, is that we get like when he's staring at Jamie Lee's behind in, in, in one of the earlier sure. scenes, it's, it's, it's whatever, but it's wonderful because it's not as over the top as some of Al's comments and behavior would become later on in the series, but it absolutely sure. lets you know, oh, that's who Al is, you know? Oh, yeah. Which is great. But then those interactions he has with Sam, the, you know, the stuff that he tries to tell him about the project, about you can't do this, you know, what he comes up with, with the scene with the hieroglyphics, uh, uh, when he comes back later after he gets the job back because he's, you know, blackmailed. I love that scene. Yes. He's, 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 he's absolutely sublime throughout the whole episode. Um, the, the one guy who I feel like is a bit of an unsung hero, even though he gets saddled with a little bit of bad dialogue at the very end of the episode is Michael Gregory as, um, Colonel Wojohowicz, uh, um, oh God, dad. Yeah. I think he's yeah. great. And I think it's great too, because one of the things that Deborah Pratt has commented on before is she loved the idea that he kind of looked a little bit like Scott kind of looked a little bit like Terry Hatcher. So mm-hmm. it was kind of perfect that, you know, it's Terry Hatcher's dad. She's got daddy issues. What is she going to do? She's going to find a guy that looks like dad, you know? And so it's like, sure. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of perfect. Yep. Um, so overall, uh, you know, I, I was, uh, I gave the acting a six. Oh, I gave it an eight out of 10. Oh, wow. Because okay. to, to, to me, I feel everybody in the episode understood the assignment. Like they, they knew what they were doing. This was, this was the genre of the episode. That's fair. Yeah. And I don't know if this, uh, this probably belongs in the writing, but I'm pretty sure when I was a kid, this is where I learned what the word horny meant. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Deborah Pratt. Here's something. Well, thank you for so many things, Deborah Pratt, but (laughs) teaching Dennis what horny meant. Um, Also, uh, something that also probably belongs in writing, but uh, I just thought about it because of the montage scene, you know, with Sam and Donna, um, Mm. is that there's this this interesting moment where you almost wonder, is Sam creating some sort of weird bootstrap paradox with the information he's giving Donna? Because she clearly doesn't know these things. You know, does, does Sam inadvertently teach Donna, or not inadvertently, he's doing it on purpose, teach Donna all of his theories before he's even figured them out, you know, within that timeline. Um, sure. But then the other question I ask is, does it matter? You know, because Sam figures these things out independently of her. It's not like she teaches him. So, because we know based off of um, a later episode, I can't think of the name of it, is it her charm? Um, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. Okay, it is her charm. Uh, yeah. Where we figure out that, you know, that Sam 
came up with string theory with Dr. Lenegro. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So he would have already known all this stuff. Um, but it, yeah, I don't know. There, there's, there's definitely some interesting, um, lines that are crossed when it comes to the time travel aspects of the show. Uh, cause I, sure. I, you know, Sam would certainly be free with information, but I think that this is probably the most free we ever see him with certain pieces of information in the way that he so directly goes to Donna until potentially leap home when he's telling people all sorts of stuff, you know? Oh, sure. Yeah. So, so it, it reinforces the, this one sort of aspect of Sam's character, which is very human but because of all the things that he's doing, uh, there are occasions when he's very selfish. Oh, sure. You know, feel, it mm-hmm. feels like almost like he's owed something because of what's happened to him, even though he went into the accelerator of his own free will. Um, Absolutely. I still love him. He's still one of my favorite fictional characters ever created, and I learned so much from him. But I'm just saying, just throwing it out there. Sure. Um, Directing. Um, yeah, directly. Yeah, I was like, there's a whole tangent I could go down, but yeah, for the sake of brevity, yeah. So I think this episode is directed in a purely workmanlike nature. Um, you know, there's nothing horrible mm-hmm. or offensive about it, but there's also nothing remarkable about it. Uh, you know, I gave it a five. Oh, see, I gave it an eight out of ten. <laughs> okay, it, it, it did it pretty well. Uh, just uh, you know, I only know I can I can articulate it very well. It. There was nothing in this episode. There was nothing in the direction of this episode that took me out of it. You know what I mean? Mm. Nothing struck. Nothing struck me as bad. Nothing struck me as mediocre. Like it just. There were a couple kept things, me going actually. along. The 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 scene the the one of the the things that jumps to mind right away is when Sam is telling Donna to look into his eyes and he'll see another soul. There's this sure. really, and, and part of this is also editing, but I have to kind of fold it into directing a little bit too. But there's just this really awkward like post close up on Donna. It's like the director didn't make the choice to, to actually get a close up, uh, you know, or, or push in on her face, a zoom in on sure. her face. Uh, and so they actually zoom in on the, the actual footage later. And it takes me out of it because it just, it's just uh, okay. it's so awkward, especially when we get the zoom in on Sam's face. So it's clear yeah. that there was enough thought to be like, Oh, let's zoom in on Sam's face here. But they you know, they didn't think to do that with her. And I know that might sound like a really, really nitpicky thing, but it just feels, it, it does take me out of it. And there are a couple of other things that I, yeah, I, knowing some of the work that actually does occur on this show later and some of the wonderful direction that takes place. Yeah. I just, I just feel like it's a five. All right. Fair. Yeah. All right. Production values. Production uh, values. <laughs> you know, I get, I, Maybe I need to make a rule about seven and eight because I gave it an eight out of 10 because nothing really, uh, nothing really dinged me about this. Like, you know, it's early in the, it's early in the show, probably not a whole lot of budget to do with this. Sure. You know, and the other budget, they probably spent a lot of the budget on the pilot. Um, They convinced me that they are in 1972. adequately that we are there i i don't know have have anything much more intelligent to say beyond that that, no that's fair i i i don't i don't necessarily think you're wrong uh i gave it a five Hmm. i felt like the stuff on the college campus and in dr bryant's house um all look great 
And the costumes, yeah, the costumes look great. By the way, that's the standard house they use throughout the, the entire series. <laughs> I love pointing it out. <laughs> the um, the Rathskeller, uh, you know, and I'm going to knock it. I'm going to knock it because I am. I'm trying to be, you know, genuine and honest about the interior, the car scenes. You know, like there's there's so many times when it's just like painfully obvious that that car is not going anywhere. And I just and I and I and I'm you know being a little harsh, but I want you to at least challenge you know, my suspension of disbelief. I want you to at least make me think like they're in a car and they're actually driving this automobile. You know, there are times when it literally is like, you know, that they are on a soundstage, that they are in a car, that they didn't even bother putting in any meaningful background. There's one point where literally behind Donna, it's just black. There's nothing moving. There's nothing. There's no no road, trees, lights. It's just black. I know, but here's the thing. Like, I remember so many TV shows and even movies of the era, like them driving during daytime. And it is so obvious that they are sitting in front of a screen. It's almost like, it's, it's almost, it's almost like theater. Like you have to suspend your disbelief <laughs> to a level of like theater. You know what I'm like? Like a theater production. You know what I mean? And at yeah. least what I can appreciate with that car scene, the thing is like you put an old song on, you have them driving at night, you have it dark. I fill in, I fill in everything with my imagination. Like what the roadside looks like. Like to me, like they have like the one establishing shot, then they're in the dark car. I can see where they're going. I can picture this in my head. I, I, I applaud all of that. And I, and I, and I understand and, you know, obviously agree with the assessment of, of classic television and film and, and the devices that they used to, you know, portray motion. However, I would give those shows a five too. You know what I mean? Because that's the <laughs> right, thing. Fair. Is it's like, it, for me, you know, it's not necessarily about saying like, ah, oh, this is good for Quantum Leap. It's being like, no, no, I want, because that way when we do get to those episodes where I can look at it and I can just be like, dude, this is like a nine. It's really a nine, you know, it's not. And so, and so I, that's why I think I'm being a little harsh in this instance. Um, and I, and the other thing that I'll fully admit is when I'm giving these grades, oftentimes it, it really is just kind of, gut reaction. You know, I'm, sure. I'm not like, I'm not like taking copious amounts of notes. I'm not going back and listening to our old episodes. I'm not, you know, reading oh, a sure. review or doing all the background research we did for the old episodes. I'm pretty much just watching it and grading it. Um, yeah. So I could wake up tomorrow and be like, what were you thinking? Uh, sure. But yeah, I went with a five. Um, right. Because the other thing also that I wanted to mention is when they get to DC, it's like they could be anywhere. Do you know what I mean? It's like it, nothing about that feels like they're in Washington, D.C. Nothing about that feels like that's the Watergate Hotel. It just feels like they're in a nondescript room. It doesn't even feel like a lobby. If like there's so much of it just like. <sighs> sure, I get it. And it did stick out at me when I was rewatching it last night. Uh, this episode ends weird. There's no like real climax. Oh, yeah, it, 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 it ends with with Sam and Al talking in a stairwell. There's like a very nondescript, oh, where can we film? Where can we film? Oh, this looks, a stairwell looks the same, 1972, 1989, 2009, whatever. And it's like, they're just having a conversation, not knowing that they're waiting for Oscar to admit that he is (laughs) breathless with passion. Yeah. Which something they do early on, and that like, there has to be that one key thing to get Sam to leap. But yeah, that's the thing that gets him to leap. Yeah, I, I I will take your point a little bit on that there, but well, here's here's something also that you just made me think about uh, for a second uh, is that um, 
so 2005 is 17 years ago from now which oh yeah i thought about that is 17 years yep. ago from 1989 yeah. so just thinking about what happened in 2005 one of those things actually we mentioned it earlier was hurricane katrina um but uh uh yeah you know to think about that removal was all it was from watergate at the time that the episode aired um of yeah. course yeah we got our kiss with history um we'll mention it real quick even though we're not necessarily really doing that uh sam is responsible for you know the the discovery of the watergate break-in um yeah which is pretty priceless um sam doesn't remember watergate which is fantastic and yeah. al of course delivers the hilarious line of like all oh, the republicans would love you love you um, yeah which but that 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 little snippet of the scene is cut out in reruns yeah yeah in the in the uh in the rerun scene it just because they have that little snippet and then sam keeps going down the stairs and then al pops back in Okay, and, and, with, and that section starts off with with Al going, "I don't understand you," because she's going to end up marrying the other thing. And the oh, reruns, yeah. they just jump straight to that. They don't they don't even have the Watergate. Bit. You know that also. You mentioned that I, I hate to go back, especially because I want us to be able to wrap up so we can actually you know do this in our in our in our time. Basically, is is that uh, writing wise, one of the things I did really really appreciate that helped to raise the score is the fact that there is that element of maybe this doesn't work out for Sam and the fact that they confront head on the idea that Donna was engaged to somebody else before she was engaged to Sam. Love that. And yeah. I, I really think that that's just, I think that that's a great piece uh, of information of writing. It, it, it really, I, yeah, I, I love that. And, and I think that again, it just shows some of that you know, genius, quite frankly, that, that she has of, of multi-layering these scripts and, and having a lot of stuff going on, and, you know, that, that her, her scripts very rarely tend to be just completely straightforward, that there, that there is, there's a lot of, of stuff packed into them. And, and that is, is a wonderful little element of that. Yeah. Um, which I suppose takes us finally to mythology. Mythology, um, yeah. For me, it, this is actually kind of pretty easy. Uh, I, gave, I I rated it very high uh, on mythology. I gave it an eight. Uh, I think that all of the information that we learn about Donna, uh, the name drop of the Starbright uh, project, um, everything about Al and and the committee and, and and overseeing all this sort of stuff that we learn um, is new information to us. Whether or not it actually you know pops back up uh, or, or or how it's handled later, um, I, you know I don't really care as much about that because I do think that it does enrich the overall texture. And I think that it's the type of thing that if I were working on a, a sequel series, uh, yep. that episodes like this would absolutely be a gold mine for little things that I might be able to pull and sprinkle in, you know, to my new series, those little callbacks that, that I feel like other sequel series, you know, ha- have done in a similar manner. So I think that this episode, d- it deserves a strong score. I went with an eight. Sure. Um, what I love yeah, about the mythology of this one, and let's touch on this. I'm going to contradict myself a little bit from <laughs> when we scored Genesis. Because with Genesis, I ding the mythology a lot because like, they set Sam up to be a certain character, which was not Sam at all yeah. later in the series with the questionnaire. Right. And they kind of do something similar here. It's like they set up this antagonistic dynamic between Al and Weitzman and even versus like uh, uh, the rest of the project, even Ziggy a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, with with the hieroglyphics and the giving of information and everything, and I love it. And I've said it before several times. I hate that the series dropped this yeah. aspect of the story after Honeymoon Express. Like pretty much, you don't hear about this right and I anymore. Do- 
Oh, I just throw this in real quick. I feel like yeah. Honeymoon Express in a weird way is also kind of their get out of jail free card because it, 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 in an odd way, even though I wish they would have continued that, those kind of aspects a little bit more through the series, like, you know, you're, you're basically saying, sure. I do feel like it kind of gets them out of having to do it because they get someone on their side. So yeah. I can, in my head, I can be like, well, they didn't have to worry about that stuff anymore because, you know, they had a, they had people on their side now. Yeah, I wish that they had, but yeah, totally get it. But yeah, I, I just I wish they would have kept Weitzman on as an unseen right. character. That, and Bartlett that you hear about and Bartlett. Yeah, you hear about because I I love that scene that that the whole the whole gas station scene. I yeah. love it. Uh, Alice's description and everything. And what I love about the mythology with like setting up Donna is Donna becomes such an important part of the story. Like maybe not yes. so much in the series, but in the novels. Yeah, And like, I was even thinking like watching the final scene of the episode last night, I can't remember which novel it is, but there's a novel that talks about what it was like for Al when he walked out of the imaging chamber after mm-hmm. Starcross and he walked into the waiting room and there was Donna Yeah, because Sam had changed history. I love the fact that they waited three seasons Yeah, before, before give, they did not even talk about it except very, 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 we may be imagining it be just because of a look in Dean Stockwell's eyes right, at the end right. of the American at the end of Americanization of Machico. They did not even talk about it for three seasons. Yeah, um, but it becomes such, yeah, it becomes such an important thing. So for that, I gave it nine out of ten. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 it's funny because I feel like there are some of these early episodes that uh, will score high in this regard. And then there are later episodes that will score much higher in like writing, directing, acting, but much lower in mythology because they're just basic episodes of the week. They just happen to be fantastic, sure. yeah. Um, which is also fine. But it's also one of the reasons why I wanted to include it as a category because I feel like it's yeah. it's neat to see how, the impact that that might have, you know, on an, a potential appreciation for an episode or not appreciation for an episode. Um, sure. And I will say, I mean, just very briefly before we go to wrap it up, yeah. what I think we are going to see different in the new series. I think every episode, every single episode is going to add a nugget of mythology. Yes. Oh, yes. Absolutely. <clears throat> Absolutely. I think, you know, um, potential spoilers inbound, uh, but not really. I'm not going to say anything outright. But one of the things that we can absolutely tell from this pilot script is that there are plans to start stories in the pilot that will continue in the second episode. There is a place in the script where it literally says, we will explain this in the second episode. Yeah. So I I think that, and oddly enough, there was a poster, and I don't know if it, I, I can't remember if it was on Reddit or on Twitter. It might have been on Reddit. Uh, where someone was talking about they're, they're there. I don't know if it's our friend Captain Canuck or if it's someone else. There was someone who said, "I was there. I got to talk to a crew member. A crew member told me, you know, that the show is great. That they've loved working on it. That um, that there's something that happens at the end of the episode that is going to blow people's minds, and that." you know, that it'll be followed up on in episode two. And so I'm sort of like, did the crew man tell this person what I think they told them? Cause if they did, holy shit, like <laughs> that's, kind yeah. of, that's <laughs> some big news to just drop, you know, casually on the street with somebody who's watching production. Uh, yeah. but anyway, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, yeah. uh, yes, I think you're absolutely right. And I think that it's interesting that over the course of, you know, season one, 
that that happened and it makes me wonder did they get away from that on purpose was there an element of the relationship with the network that kind of said like hey look we need a show that people can just drop into at any time stop with all the other references was it a conscious effort just on Belisario's part to kind of be like ah eh, let's not do that anymore let's just kind of establish you know kind of more episode of the week stuff um but then we have all these big episodes later that you know, go against that completely. So I don't know. Um, that said, we, we've, I think we've gone over our time. Um, yeah, it's all good. We're, we're going to, yeah, we're going to head towards, uh, wrapping up here. So what was your weighted score? Yes. So my, my weighted score was a total of 6.05 or 61% since I'll round that up. So I, yeah, I gave it a 61% out of a possible 100, uh, based on the categories. It, that that honestly it reads almost a little low to me um mm-hmm. but i i feel comfortable with it um i don't think that that's necessarily a bad score i think mm. that there are episodes that are going to score much lower than that um yeah. <laughs> so this is you know again i think if we're working on a scale of you know 1 to 100 or 1 to 10 that anything that is above like a 5 or 50% is still, in my opinion, like, it's good, mm-hmm. it's worth your time, it's just not great, and I think that that's sure. okay, you know? Yeah, mine was 6.6, so we're pretty okay. close. So 66%, yeah. yeah, 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 very, very close, actually. Um, yeah, I, I think to sum up my feelings on the episode is that I do feel like it's a kind of an essential episode, that if you're watching, if you're doing like an abbreviated run of the classic series you absolutely have to watch Starcrossed. If you only want to watch the best episodes of the series, you don't have to watch Starcrossed. Starcrossed. See, yeah, I, uh, I don't know if you consider it an, you need, really need like it's an essential episode. This has a soft spot for me because even though I jumped into the, the series to mid season two during its original run, this must've been a rerun because I caught this early on. Like this yeah. was one of the very first episodes that I saw. Um, so it has a special soft spot for me. Sure. But, uh, so yeah, those are my thoughts on, on Starcrossed. Yeah. Well, uh, we did it. And one of the things that I don't know that I think we might've talked about this. There's been a lot that we've talked about. Uh, sometimes in a <laughs> yeah. short amount of time. So if, if we have talked about this before, forgive me, but hey, it never hurts to, to reiterate some of this stuff. We are not necessarily going to be covering the episodes in, you know, sequential order from here on out. Um, we're going to kind of try to hit, again, the the essentials, the episodes that if we were putting together one of those abbreviated lists that you see all around, like, you know, how do I watch Star Trek Deep Space Nine in the least amount of episodes possible or whatever. Um, that's kind of what we're going to do uh, when it comes to our capsule reviews. Uh, eventually, we would love to do capsule reviews of all of them, but we do think that to kind of help new viewers of the show and to maybe... Um, appeal to people that catch the new show in October and then want to be able to have that list. We want to kind of mm-hmm. put that together. Uh, so we're going to do it with these capsule reviews. So next up, uh, I believe will actually be double identity. Um, cause I do think that that's one worth, uh, doing for a number of, of, of reasons. Um, but, uh, but we'll, we'll talk maybe, maybe it won't be. Um, yeah. Well, do you not want to do uh right hand of God so we can have our debate again or whether or not Sam sleeps with Trixie? <sighs> No, I don't. I, I, don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Oh my gosh! 
<laughs> the right hand of God does have a couple of things, I suppose, especially you know Al related. So we we we, we maybe we will. Let's yeah. talk about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's talk about um, it. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but anyway, I, I guess we should say um, we're gonna you know, we're, we're gonna wrap up here. We want to start encouraging folks. If you have questions, comments, whatever, uh, shoot us a question. You can email us at uh, uh, Quantum Leap pod.com make sure you get both p's and the p and the and the leap and the quad in there uh quantum leap at g uh, quantum leap pod at gmail.com or just shoot us a message on facebook or twitter dm us yeah. wherever or uh shoot us an mp3 file with your question and we would love to start including a question answer section at the end yes. uh one of our listeners uh damon he was nice enough he he sent along some thoughts uh basically like a mini essay about his thoughts about the reboot and the fandom uh we are going to include uh, either all of it or, or some of it in a future episode uh thank you damon for sending that to us for over a week ago but like i said i am really bad at checking our email account <laughs> uh, but we will get that in in a future episode but if you have any questions or thoughts comments uh and you would like us to riff on them shoot us a message or like I said, record a DM and shoot it our way, and your voice may appear in a in a future podcast. Oh, and Sam, I forgot to tell you something. Hang on, just one Uh-oh. second. We have a we have a new uh, we have a new patron to thank. What? Let me, yeah, let me let me Amazed. pull them up here. Um, I kept meaning to like send him a message, reach out, like, oh, we'll we'll do a record, and then well, we. While and then you we do, do that, record. I will I will do this real quick and say that uh, sure, we're obviously, very appreciative for anyone who takes the time to hit up our Patreon. That's awesome. Um, you know, until now, we have not ever asked for anything. Uh, everything has been out of our own pocket. We've not made a dime uh, from this, and we continue to not make a dime uh, from this. And encourage any of our listeners who you know have uh, a little extra something that they they want to give that they want to donate. Uh, look to your local charities, you know, look to your local food banks, look to, you know, any, anything that's in need, look to Doctors Without Borders, um, uh, Red Cross, I, I'm, I'm a huge proponent of those, I donate to both of those myself. Um, but if after all of that, you still have a little something left, and you want to help out two dudes who have a podcast and um, record in their basement, basically, um, then then by all means, please, uh, we will, yeah. we will, uh, we will certainly give you a shout out, uh, we'll, we'll, you know, Attempt a cartwheel on camera? No, no, we won't. Um, at, a, and, uh, at, a, at a certain age, your ass has no business being over your head. <laughs> um, but but we will absolutely give you love. We're working on you know figuring out maybe some tiers um, for the the donations and things that we can do um, that that will involve hopefully more interactivity and give people the opportunity to uh, be on the show again, which is something that we wanted to do you know early on and and obviously with the pandemic and even a little bit before the pandemic we were unable to to do that as much so um all that said thank you to everyone yeah. who who entertains yes. the thought and thank you to everyone who donates dennis take it away uh yes thank you uh a new patron audra ashley audra ashley apologize if i'm butchering your name and dana abuse again yes apologize if i'm butchering your name. thank you so much thank you thank both. you so much like audra, i said we're gonna do a dana. thing at the very least if you donate at any level we're we're gonna give you a shout out at the end credits yeah. And if you'd rather but, not do that, then that's okay. Or rather it's not, let yeah, know. let us let us know. <laughs> Pay us more. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <don't. laughs> Keep my name out of your mouth. Um, yeah. 
No, uh, well, look, uh, that'll be the name of the tier. Keep my name. <laughs> we uh, we appreciate everyone who takes the time to listen to to this podcast. Uh, I, this has been so much fun, and the fact that we've been going for you know four and a half years doing this thing, uh, getting to talk about something that we love, and now here we are, you know, on the eve of you know one of the most exciting times in in the history of this show, quite frankly. Um, with with this sequel series in production uh we'll continue sharing everything that we find online we encourage people to follow um the the producers steve lillian um on twitter uh brian winbrandt and martin garrow on instagram uh, they are posting a lot of great content uh instagram in particular is something to be on the lookout for uh i would even recommend signing up for notifications from them um because uh, a lot of times they're posting stuff in their stories and it you know that disappears after a while um yeah. so so uh, if you get a notification, you'll be able to hop on it right away. Um, and then uh, the cast also has been posting. So Mason Alexander Park in particular was posting a lot of stuff. They are no longer uh, on set. I believe they they wrapped. Uh, so Ian is is done for, for this particular episode. Um, but uh, also, you know, Raymond Lee, of course, uh, Jewel State has been posting some stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's just really exciting. There's a lot of great stuff out there. And we'll continue trying to, you know, call as much of that as we possibly can. Of course, you can also visit Matt Dale's site, which is is escaping me. Dennis, take it away. I am so sorry. Dot net. Is that, I'm it? sorry. Yes, that is it right there. I'm sorry. I got distracted by some news about Will Smith punching Chris Rock on the Oscars and I got totally distracted. We'll fix this Chris later. Oh, well, we're going to have to find, no, I'm not, I'm not leaving <laughs> that in. I'm leaving that All in. Right. Um, sorry. Uh, right. But anyway, quantum leap info.net. That's yes, uh, net. Yeah, that's he's he's throwing all, everything that comes from everywhere. He's throwing it up there. So yeah. thank you, Matt. And yeah, and speaking to Matt, of course. Uh, in the meantime, you know, share your love to Chris, Allison, and Matt over at the Quantum Leap Podcast. Uh, you know, yep. they're always doing fantastic work over there. Uh, and uh, I haven't heard anything recently, honestly, from the Waiting Room Podcast. So I don't know if they, you know, they released a few episodes. If they're taking a little bit of a break or, or what the deal is, but uh, maybe I just missed it. Maybe they've got some new stuff and I didn't see it. Sure. Um, but uh, you know, again, one of the things that we really want is for you know everybody to just be engaged and involved and have fun with this. Um, and that includes all the. You know, all the podcasters, all the content creators, everybody who's doing stuff. So, um, yeah, have fun. Take care of yourselves. Take care of one another. Stay safe out there. And I think it's time for us to leap out of here. We're going to leap out of here. Take care, everyone. See you soon. Bye. Time